Welcome to the Swim Swam Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges, and with me today is uh, NCAA champion, Texas Longhorn, Drew Kibler. Drew, how's it going? Good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Dude, yeah, you, you, you have, I can't believe your background isn't fake. It's, uh, yeah, no, it looks pretty nice out there. I'm trying to make sure that I don't get the glare in here. Yeah, this is my backyard. Um, I have a nice little woods back here that is beautiful. I love it. Is that, is that in Austin? No, this is actually in, in Indiana. I'm in Indiana. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, this is in Carmel, Indiana. Nice. So I've, I've never been to Carmel. I know is it's pretty close to Indy, but is it, is it like that everywhere? Just like lots of trees and lots of outdoors? Um, actually it's not, uh, in Car- the city I live in Carmel is, is developing pretty fast. And so like a lot of it doesn't look like this anymore, but, um, I guess we got lucky and I, I've always loved, um, the outdoors and ex- exploring in random places. So, um, yeah, we got lucky, but it doesn't all look like this now. Nice. Well, at least your backyard still does, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Um, so let's, let's, let's start, let's just check in, um, you know, since quarantine, obviously you're home in Carmel yes. right now. Um, have you been able to swim? Have you been spending your time? What, what's your quarantine looked like? Um, honestly, it's been pretty good. Uh, so I have been able to swim. I think it was probably, I left Austin in mid-March and then there was about two months where I did not take a single stroke. Um, and that was really weird for me. Uh, I I was still training hard, um, doing, uh, some other stuff, which we'll probably get into, but, um, no, I did not swim at all for for about two months because when I came back here, it was like, (sighs) it's probably like high thirties and like kind of just freezing rain and just not great weather. Um, but I guess that's Indiana and like late winter, but, um, yeah, so I started swimming, uh, probably late May, uh, with Carmel and I, um, I was, ha- I was, I love swimming with Carmel. They, they've, they're a really stellar program. I'm really thankful that I, I got to, and, uh, yeah, I've been swimming, um, with them ever since. So I'm actually going back to Austin in a couple of weeks. Um, but for now, Carmel swimming has been great. And what I've been doing for during quarantine like what and like in terms of working out or just in general what do you mean yeah so you take me through the first couple months what what were you doing besides in or instead of swimming okay so um something we do at texas that i like there isn't a huge part of our uh training regimen but it's like it's definitely present is um rowing on like the uh concept two ergs you know mm-hmm. and uh i mean we do it more of like a, as a power oh we're getting some glare here we're doing it more we do it more like um it's kind of a power workout. We do like uh, bursts of a minute, and sometimes we do a little bit longer, but never, never really longer than never really longer than like two minutes. Um, but I've always loved rowing, and I've always thought that it'd be like really good like uh, aerobic training. So I got a rower and uh, on Amazon, and uh, <laughs> it's the, sa- the same one that we have in in Texas. And I just set it up in my basement, and I just became obsessed with it. Um, just was inventing like little sets i'd do like these long rows where i'd just go um like i'd do a warm-up and then do like a 30 minute all-out row and i'd like keep track in my phone with like uh 
with like the pace I was holding, how far, how many meters I went, like um, with the with the uh, rower, and it was actually really fun because like it was it was challenging at first because swimming is so like goal oriented for me, and I think the way that I love swimming so much at Texas is um, and really just in general is because I can like track my progress week by week and um, and see how I'm improving all the time, and a lot of that comes with uh, my training partners, which are just they're incredible, and so without them, it was really challenging to find a way to like keep myself invested. Um, I guess like, of course you always have in the back of your mind, like, okay, you have um, trials coming up. Uh, at that point I thought they were still coming up um, when I first started, <laughs> yeah. uh, but still, I mean, it's, it's a year away. Um, all things, assuming all things still go to plan. And uh, of course, NCAAs is um, less than a year away if all things go to plan. And so we, I always have that in the back of my mind, but just like on a, like I needed a way to like kind of really keep me honest and, and determined in the middle of each workout. And I think the way I was able to do that without training partners was just to be really regimented with goals and um, numbers and stuff of just like ways I would uh, grow. And so that was, that was a big part of my workout um, plan was just staying really aerobically fit that way. Um, because I have really flat feet. I cannot run. <laughs> it's like, it's just after about two miles, like I feel like I just want to keep going like aerobically, but my feet cannot handle it. So I had to do something else. Um, got some random like weights and stuff. I did some, some caramel weight stuff. I did some Texas weight stuff. I did a lot of pull-ups. I learned how to weld, um, with my dad. We <laughs> a little pull actually one of these trees, I have a pull-up bar that we welded like strapped to it. Actually is, it's kind of fun to do workouts, like kind of I don't know, like country style workouts out here sometimes. But uh, so I've been doing a ton of pull-ups and just keeping the strength there. But yeah, that's kind of what I did when I was out of the water. Um, just a lot of rowing and random lifts. Yeah. Uh, so you you mentioned you learned how to weld. Any other hobbies or, you know, how, how'd you spend your time other than that? Uh, well, I spent, um, I spent, like when the quarantine was like pretty strict, I spent a lot of time painting. I, lo I love art and um, creating and stuff like that and uh, so that was a, a majority of um, what took the majority of my time and also just spending time with family like it's it was really really cool to be back home again um, like they say you don't know what you got until it's gone and I mean it's so true but it's it was really weird to have that feeling of not knowing what you have until it's gone my first year at Texas and like kind of think, like just reflecting on how awesome my family is and how thankful I am for them and then to all of a sudden be like granted another um going on five months with them out of out of nowhere and so like it was it was really really cool and i was really happy to soak up that time so yeah i guess just a lot of art family time and then uh later when things started opening up just hanging out with uh, some close friends i have here so that i honestly didn't know like when the next time i'd be able to have spend some quality time with them again so again i was lucky to have that as well so yeah yeah do is there a certain style that you paint or, or a subject you like painting? Um, where does artistically, where do you start with, with that? Well, um, there was this one, I really like YouTube. Like YouTube is like my, my thing. Like I, I'm, I'm not super into like watching like TV shows on Netflix or like social media or, or like Instagram and TikTok or whatever. Like I, I love YouTube. And there was this one YouTuber that did uh, graffiti and um it was like it wasn't really graffiti it was like this these giant urban art murals i thought that was so cool when i was uh, 17 i saw that and um so i got these huge sheets of plywood that i just had laying around like from because my like i'm 
again, like kind of always like building stuff and like random things. So I got these huge sheets of plywood and just started painting these like big things with some leftover house paint um, that I had like lying around when we were refinishing our house. And cause I was like, I want to paint something big. And so that's mm -hmm. kind of my style. It's just like, uh, just kind of big, bigger um, pieces on anything but canvas, hopefully. I, I, I like doing um, painting on random things. I like painting shoes and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, my favorite one I personally have done is um, one of a ship. It was like a ship, like when it's like, like kind of like right before like a storm was hitting. So that was on a big piece of plywood. Nice. Thank you. Uh, I, I know that you, you were at least at one point you were pretty into photography as well, right? Yes. Yeah. I still, I still do that. Um, I, I do, I really enjoy it. I haven't done it as much lately. I, I think it's because like a lot of my painting stuff was here. And so like, I, I didn't get to do that as much in Austin. Like there's obviously needs some more space that I couldn't do in the dorms. Um, so photography was like my kind of go-to thing in, uh, in Austin. And there's so many beautiful places and so many sources of inspiration there. So um so yeah photography was huge for me especially in austin and, and it still is but I've, I've been also enjoying the time uh kind of going back i guess to the roots a little bit um painting here but uh yeah no actually i have taken a few pictures here I just haven't really shared i've just been like working on random little projects by myself yeah is is you know something in the creative world like that something you would want to pursue um later in life in in one form or another have you thought about that ever yeah, it's funny you ask that. Like some people ask me that, and it's—I'm not really sure to be honest with you. Um, mm -hmm. I, I really like that. I—I I, I don't want it ever to become like a job, you know, or like feel like a job. Or I want, I want it to always like stay like. Might sound a little bit corny, but I want it to stay a passion. And if it becomes, if like it becomes like a job or a business and gets tied uh, to it, um, I'm—I I guess I'm afraid of that. And I—I'm always like open. Um, to the potential of that. So I guess if something came along, it seemed just right. But I think for now, like, I really like the idea of just kind of doing it whenever the inspiration hits. And if I, if I don't want to, I don't have to, but if I do want to, I can. Seems organic. That's, it's, that seems like a, a sound, a sound decision or a sound path to follow. At least I, I, uh, I know in my creative endeavors, I think I I've, I've tried to follow a similar path except for this job. <laughs> which kind of combines well, this, those this is definitely a creative outlet in a way for sure yeah it's 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 good and it's it's been fun um do you do you have a major at uh ut yeah i'm a psychology major Ooh. do you do you have something specific you want to do with that or you, you just find it interesting well i absolutely find it incredibly interesting i remember in high school i took an ap psychology class um and oh I was originally planning to uh, go into aeronautical engineering. And then like, I kind of had a, a realization. I was like, I don't know if this is for me. Like, I'm, I still think it's super cool, but like, I don't, I'm not quite sure. And then when I took this AP psychology class, I loved it. It was amazing. And like, I, I could read the textbook, like it was like a novel or something. Like I really, really enjoyed it. And like, I still remember, like, I still, like I almost wish I had the textbook again. Cause like, I, I really loved <laughs> reading this. And cause I think it's so fascinating. So yeah, I do think it's just a cool thing. Um, but also like originally when I decided I wanted to make that my major in Texas, like my original thought was going into it was like, Oh, I'd love to be like a, like a psychologist or a therapist or something like that. Um, but I think as I learn more about it, I, I see that there are so many different options that I'm just kind of eager to, to stay with it and see what kind of 
opportunities present themselves and like especially as some of my older friends like start to move toward careers it's really cool to see um how much it can just kind of like your career can just materialize and it's like it might not be exactly what you planned and um so i I think i'm just keeping that in mind that's a possibility like that what you have like what you have set in stone like when earlier in life might not always be the case so of course i do think it'd be really really cool still to be a um, psychologist slash therapist or whatever that might be but um I'm just keeping in mind that there are definitely a lot of cool psychology related um, fields that I would think I could be really interested in as well. Yeah. It, it seems like you're, you're pretty open to a lot of different things, you know, not, not being set in your ways, I guess, or yeah. letting, letting things come to you, which I, you know, I think is a great philosophy to have. Um, do you think that's been helpful? <laughs> do you think that's been helpful during this time or, or, um, you know, kind of, kind of just, you know, in a way surrendering to what's going to happen in the last few months. For me, I mean, everybody has their own ways of going about this. Um, but for me personally, it's been absolutely instrumental, um, during this time because it's, it's so fluid. It's so all over the place all the time. And I mean, you never really know what's going to happen. Like I I know, like I've, I've been hearing about things going on in Austin, like things are just changing so fast. Like there's these new, like, mandates passing here this thing's changing there and like it's like i mean just in every sense of uh any angle you can look at this um situation with coronavirus like it's always changing and so i think yeah i think that style of of uh like i said like style of just thinking and and handling things has been really helpful for me Uh, not necessarily it's the best thing for everybody but like for me it's been really important because it's i used to be the kind of person that what it was kind of the opposite of that like very very um, I like I really needed to have a plan and stick to it and I think honestly a lot of things that Texas kind of taught me to embrace change a lot of things um, like that Eddie and Wyatt at Texas have taught me like through, through my two years there so far um, that like it doesn't always have to be going perfectly for it to be great and that has been a philosophy that I've really um, kept in mind while during like while taking on this this whole summer I guess yeah so uh all right so enough philosophical or enough philosophy (laughs) um i i could i could talk about this stuff all day but you know i'm guessing when people start listening to this they're gonna want some some swim nerd stuff so let's Let's go let's get into it i talked to your carnival teammate jake mitchell uh this past week oh sweet um and uh, he said that you were one of his, his idols, you know, growing up on Carmel. Um, when I, I want to hear about your, and he, he told me also just about the culture that Carmel has, um, which, you know, it seems like it's, it's a pretty special place to be um, at Carmel Swim Club. Let's, uh, when did you get to Carmel and what were your first impressions of it? Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, I, I mean, that means a lot to hear that from Jay because I really look up to him too. He's an in- he works so hard. He's an incredible athlete. And he's, uh, the things he's accomplished, he is very much deserved. Um, and there's a lot more to come for him in Michigan. So that's, that means a lot. But, wow, yeah, Carmel is a special place for sure. Uh, I first went to Carmel the summer of 2015. Um, a teammate of mine uh, in the club I was at before, he transferred to Carmel because he was, he was getting uh, – I think he just wanted something new. And – uh, <laughs> we always went back and forth, very competitive. 
um and i was like i'm not gonna let him go to car because like I, like I, I had always looked up to carmel as like this great place i'm like i have to go to carmel too and so we went to carmel and um together from the same club and i remember the first day there like tyler clary was practicing with them for some reason like he was i was just like what is going on <laughs> and like there was music blaring and the coaches were yelling and cheering it was a saturday practice i remember it vividly and it was it was a really really hard practice and i was like I, I think up until that point i'd been kind of getting by on just like halfway decent technique i i, I liked racing and um i was i was i was like re relatively tall for my age and but I, it was just like a <laughs> and, I, and i had some very good coaching at the other club too like some some things that still stick with me today that i uh, i love talking technique with my coaches at um, texas and sharing things i learned at that first club when i was like 12 but um I definitely had to had a wake up call when I first arrived. And like, I just remember this kick set that like the only person who actually made it the whole way through was this long force kick set was Tyler Clary. <laughs> and oh my gosh, it was ridiculous. And I remember walking in just thinking like, Oh, I'm going to you know, kill this practice and like everybody beat me. And it was exciting because that's kind of how I've always liked it to be. I, I like to have an example of what I want to achieve whether it be like a high school summer that has like one high school state, I like, I wanted that or whether it's going to Texas and training with Townley and knowing what Townley has accomplished, knowing I want that. And like seeing that they followed certain steps to get there. And like, there's a saying, if you want uh, do what they do and you'll get what they got or something like that. I don't know. Something like that. But, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, I tried to do what those people did and Carmel is an amazing hub of culture and hard work and excellence and, yeah, so that was my first experience at Carmel, and it's been nothing but good since then. Yeah, Boy, do you, in your time at Carmel, uh, do you have a one workout that sticks out to you as being exceedingly hard, that it, or exceedingly good for you? Um, you know, maybe a couple. What 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 are your highlights uh, practice wise from Carmel? Uh, okay, so there's this one um, that. <laughs> It really stands out because I like I got to this point where after a summer of being with them I started to get it I guess I started to put my head down do some work and and then it became this game I remember my coach was like I'm gonna try to make something you can't do and and for for a while like he wanted me to get just close enough so I'd like I'd barely fail but he but he for a while he he, he couldn't quite do it and he, he would tell me after practice yeah I thought you were gonna like not do it on that one but there was this one uh my coach TJ at Carmel, um, and he coaches in New York now as a head coach. Um, he wrote me this active or this active rest freestyle set, and it was like a 200 on 145 plus a 150 free on 145, and and then like a bunch of like rounds of that, different variations of uh, distances and stuff. But essentially, like it was just it was just a lot of just really fast freestyle. And and if you add that up, that's that's a three that chunk of 200 and 150 is still a 350 on 330 so it was still like minute pace and it was just it was ridiculous and I could barely do it and I just remember like going a few 143s and 144s and then just like kind of falling off and it was just oh my gosh it was it was really challenging but like exciting because I was I was 16 at the time and I, I was getting ready for uh what I personally think was like probably my my best meet to date, which was 2016 junior nationals, um, winter. And so like, it, I think stuff like that, like for my coach to write that down 
uh, it meant that he believed I could do it and um, that he wanted me, or at least that I could give it a really fair shot. And so that's something that's really cool about Carmel too, is the coaches sometimes believe in you more than even you do. And it's scary for sure. It, it, it's, it's, it's scary when that happens, but at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's special. And um, coach Chris Plum at Carmel on the practice, there was this one press that was really tough and he put a quote on it. The Carmel presses are printed out on paper and there's quotes on everyone. And it said, fortune favors the bold. And uh, I told him how much I liked that. So like every time there'd be a practice that, that he thought was going to be like ridiculously hard, like he'd put fortune favors the bold on there. And um, yeah, I think that's just a, a cool, I guess, example of some of the culture. Like you just go for it and see what happens and hope for the best. And sometimes you fail, sometimes you succeed, but in the end, like you're putting in some good work. So. Yeah. T- tell me about this 2016 winter junior meet. Um, so, okay. So in 2015 was my first junior nationals. I had just missed, or actually it was my first winter junior nationals and I, I did pretty well. I got a, a silver there in the 50 free and like I got third place in the um, 200 free. Um, and yeah. And so I was like, Oh my gosh, and I was really frustrated. I didn't win. And so that was something that really stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I took more than two or three days off from that time until the next winter juniors, because there, there wasn't any time off um, after the winter season. And then after the summer season right we just i went to junior pan packs in hawaii mm-hmm. and just kind of went right into it because i was like i wanted i like i was mad i didn't win anything and so at that 2016 winter juniors that's what i believe to be like the meet where i started to believe that that was like that i was i need to start like that was capable of accomplishing some things to be proud of um because i i knew i wanted to break uh maxine rooney who i fortunately enough get to train with now or I will soon again uh looking forward to that but I wanted to break his 200 free 15 16 national age group record leading off the under free relay mm-hmm. and it was like 134 six maybe something like that and I went a 133 three. and um so that was that was pretty exciting and safe then, to say um, you broke it <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but the cool thing was is like I remember vividly like just being excited and not having a time goal um, saying, I remember telling my coach, I'm going to go fast. I really feel like I'm going to go fast. And then um, the next day I broke the 500 national age group record. It um, was held by Matthew Hirschberger and I went a 415. And then I, at the end of the meet, by, by the end of the meet, I had won the 50 through 500 free, um, which was pretty exciting to me. And um, I guess exciting to <laughs> Eddie <laughs> um, at Texas. And so uh, that was something I ended up talking about later when once recruiting was allowed but yeah so um that was that was kind of I guess my my um breakout meet and it's something that uh, I kind of turn to every once in a while for like um to reflect on like what my mindset was like there and like I remember being very confident and very excited and very happy and just wanting to have fun and so yeah that was that was uh what I think was one of my most successful meets uh was at that meet was the 50 and the 500 on the same day yeah, it was um, 500 first. And so honestly, my opinion, I don't know, this might honestly to any, I used to say some nerds out there or coaches or whoever, like I don't really train for the 50 and I feel like all of my 50 training is purely in the weight room. Um, mm-hmm. In Texas, I, I kind of train like an upper middle distance summer. Right? I, I do upper middle distance, sometimes distance. And then I lift like a sprinter or at least I try to. Um, and, I, and I honestly, I think this, like that's just kind of 
what it is. So I've always really focused on the uh, longer stuff, but yeah, the 550 run the same day and uh, I just warmed up for the 500 and then did a few fast starts and just focused on the 500 mainly. And then after that, I just gave it everything I had in the 50. Hey, there you go. Swim nerds. <laughs> uh, from, from Drew Kibler, the guy who goes, I mean, you probably have the fastest 50 and 500 free, maybe in history on a uh, on composite, you know? Uh, I, I maybe honestly, I bet you that's probably Townley. Um, but may, maybe that's, you, that's, you never a, know. that's a good point. <laughs> um, cause see, I mean, Townley's done his fair share of 18 splits, but and then his, his, his 408 yeah. that, he, that he ripped a few years ago, but, um, yeah, maybe. And honestly, I still kind of want Eddie to let me do another 550 double someday, but we'll see. So maybe, <laughs> maybe I can claim that title. Maybe. Um, so, uh, we, we skipped over it a little, Let, let's back up to 2016 junior pan packs. Okay. You said, you said you were, you know, it's, it's late in August. Uh, you said you were a little disappointed at that meet, I think, because you hadn't won anything or you were, you still talking about the junior meet? Got it. Um, okay. Yeah. Honestly, I was disappointed in that one too, because I really wanted to, uh, break Caleb Dressel's national age group record of 148.6. I think Carson Foster has that now, but um, it was 148.6 at the time, or maybe Jake McGahey. I'm not really sure. They both went crazy fast, but yeah, it was 148.6. I went a 49.0, and I was really frustrated, but yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, tell, tell me about your experience at that meet. First international meet with Team USA. Um, yeah, what was that like? It was honestly really intimidating. Uh, it was my first time meeting a lot of people I'd looked up to for a really long time. I met Austin Katz there. I met Reese Whitley there. <laughs> like a lot of big names and uh, I was just like very like I don't know I don't want to say I didn't feel like I deserved to be there but also I just I something felt not right I guess because I, I ne- like like you said it was um it was my first international meet and so like I, I wasn't comfortable that's for sure and I gave it my best and I, I came out with a, a a third place swim in the 200 free individual and um I won the or Team USA won the 400 free relay um, when I was on it with uh, Cameron Craig, Daniel Kruger, and Ryan Hopper. And um, so that was really cool. To, like to, to swim a relay for USA for the first time was a really, really cool experience. And uh, <laughs> that was funny because um, I just remember I was last. I was the anchor and I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified, but I was really lucky that um, some of the most impressive uh, 100 freestyle swimmers ever were swimming ahead of me and got me a good lead and we were able to pull out the win over Australia but it was a, it was honestly a great first um, first international meet experience because honestly it's kind of like a really glorified summer league meet like it's super relaxed <laughs> it's fun like I mean it's, nice. just, it's an outdoor pool and Fiji was the same way two years later like it's it's nothing like junior worlds or or stuff like that so yeah no uh, honestly it was a great first experience like I said, intimidating, but it was fun. Maybe more. Yeah. It definitely made me want more. So, so that's really interesting. Um, you said, you know, junior pan packs, pretty, pretty like low stress environment. Um, yeah. And then junior worlds in 2017 was in your home pool or it, yeah. you know, was in, was it IUPUI? Right. Right. I mean, it's, it's like 25 minutes away from here. And uh, so I grew up swimming in troop state there. So it honestly does feel kind of like a, a home pool in a way. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, tell me about that difference because I, I don't know from a, 
I would expect it's like, oh, junior pan packs, junior worlds, like pretty comparable, but that's, that's interesting to hear you say like, oh no, totally different. Yeah, it was, it was way different. Um, honestly, just from like start to finish, it was a different experience because I had like really big aspirations for my 200 free, um, at world champ trials. And, uh, I missed it. I, because I put so much pressure on myself, excuse me, because I put so much pressure, um, to do some big things. I just choked hard. And so I had to kind of do some like damage control and like find a way to make the team in another event. And so I ended up going for the hundred back hundred fly, um, which is a little bit out of my comfort zone, but I mean, it was, I guess it was an exciting switch up and, uh, yeah, it was, it's just intense because like the ready room situation is really intense. You have to be there like 30 minutes before so many more countries, so much, so many more like levels of like, honestly, like security clearance and stuff. Like, I mean, it's, it's like a, it's a kind of like a real deal meet in a way. Like it, it reminded me a lot of like, um, Pan Ams and that's the highest level that I've ever personally competed at. But, uh, yeah, it was just a, a much more serious experience with USA. Yeah. Did, what did, what did you leave that meet? How did you leave that meet feeling? You know, what, uh, how, how'd you feel about your performances there? I'm being completely honest with you. I, I, I left that meet feeling relieved that it was over. I like, it was a really hard meet for me to get through for a number of reasons. Like I was just like, was really stressed about it um and about my like world champ trials experience i was like very disappointed I, i'd lost a ton of confidence um after my 200 free choke and so uh, i was like i was giving it everything i had for team usa and like i, I honestly in, in hindsight like my performances like technically were, were pretty good i mean i, I dropped time I, I did some things that i'm, I'm pretty proud of like um performance wise but like mentally it was just kind of a challenge to get through and so I was just like kind of ready to reset and um kind of figure out how to get that confidence back again yeah so once uh once you got to Texas um you know what what kind of switched for you what what was the difference between the atmosphere that we talked about at Carmel and then the atmosphere uh in Austin um with the Longhorns it's like I'm, I'm struggling a little bit to like kind of put into words like the this the the culture at texas of course is, is pretty interesting um i think the biggest thing is that like it it carmel like i like i said like um like the coaches believe in you so much and they and i, I think a big a big way to show that is with high expectations. And I think that is essential um, for some people through their whole swimming career. For some people, they only need it when they're an age grouper. Um, some people like they kind of crack under that pressure. And, and I, I was one of those people at, at, at times because um, like having somebody believe in you is like kind of a, a strange thing um, when you, when, uh, when you might not fully believe in yourself, you know? And so yeah. at Texas, of course the coaches believe in you, but like, the, the 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 training situation there kind of is like a fight for survival because everybody's racing so hard all the time you don't have to think oh my gosh am I holding pace you're like I'm three seconds faster than what I need to be right now and I'm still not winning so I'm still gonna try to go harder and like I, something I love telling people whenever they ask about like what Texas is like like I don't think I've ever heard Eddie tell us to go faster 
only to slow down because he's panicking that we're like messing up the taper or something and or, or wherever we are in our training he'll be like oh, like, like it's, it's amazing and sometimes even like during warm-up like we're just like racing like hard and like we don't know why we're like and we get mad at each other like why are you doing this to me like, i have to go fast now that you're going fast or whatever so um it's it's, it's a very different but equally helpful experience um and, and of course we have you have those real talks with the coaches and like we talk like about plans and um and goals and what the coaches think you can do and what we think we can do um as a team and, and as an individual uh but it's like it's a lot more organic and i think the only reason that is is because it's like such an like such a history of like excellence i feel like through eddie for over 40 years like kind of sculpting the culture and i think carmel's perfect um for like it was a it was a perfect thing for me and for so many people obviously because like they have such a such a um trend of just great great success but like i i I was ready for a college level, a college experience, you know, like it was definitely, it's definitely like an elite age group experience. I needed to graduate from that. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's talk, um, <clears throat> between your freshman year, which, you know, on, on paper you scored in three events, I think at NCAAs, you were NCAA champion. Is that, was that, did I misspeak? <laughs> Oh, I'm not sure. I'm just kind of reflecting on it as, and like thinking back to it as you, as you okay. keep going. Um, <clears throat> yeah. You, on paper from, from an outsider, it seems like you had a successful freshman year. Um, you know, this year we didn't really get to see, you know, everyone at full speed at NCAAs. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you feel that this year was different for you compared to last year? Um, it was very different. Uh, like it was, I had pretty, pretty high goals, um, last year, um, for myself and uh, something I, I, I do pretty regularly is set goals that I, I end up missing. And, uh, which I think is kind of a recipe for success, but also disappointment. And so yeah, I kind of have to manage it because it's a fine line. Cause you want to aim high always but like you can't aim so high that you like feel like you can't do anything so but that was that was me freshman year and so I left NCAAs like most people on Texas pretty frustrated and honestly it was more at ourselves because there was just nothing like like Cal put together such an incredible meet and um it was like my it was a really crazy thing to be a part of and, and watch them just show up event after event and just absolutely kill it. And props to them. It was amazing. It was amazing. Um, but we were frustrated, of course, because we should you get it. You guys did great. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, no, it's just like, it's not that they, it's not that we were frustrated. They did great. We were, we were frustrated that we didn't give them a better fight maybe. And like, um, cause I mean, we all felt we could have been better. And I think that's just kind of some part of the Texas culture, but the, I think the difference is, um, when I, like I said, I, we, we all had high goals, but when I sat down with Eddie and Wyatt for my, um, beginning of the year meeting, I like didn't have a single time goal. Um, mm. of, of course, like it'd be unrealistic to say that there was nothing that I want. Like if I'm, if they, if they said, hold, hold goal 200 pace, like I'm going to, I'm going to hold 29 pace, or 129 pace. Or I'm going to try at least, but, um, you know, or like sub 130, but I wasn't going into the meets thinking I need to do this so I can go this time. And I think it was a lot more process oriented, which is actually something that was a big part of the 
the uh, the caramel experience is like work the process, work the journey, and the result will come. And so that was a big difference for me um, at Texas. I had to kind of relearn that almost and um, focus on the things that mattered to me. And I think that things were shaping up to be really good at NCAA's. Um, the team was pretty good at invite. Uh, we had a lot of really great breakout swims. A lot of athletes, like, I mean, everybody worked so hard and we were just really excited to see what would happen with a full taper. And the the winter training that we had was just unlike anything I've ever seen, heard of, or been a part of. Um, and so we were, we were excited and a little frustrated that we never got a chance to fully taper and show what we were made of. But honestly, I think that might even just add to our, like, I don't know, add to our team culture, add to our bond, and uh, hopefully add some fuel to the fire for what's to come with training. So I'm excited. No hard feel, no hard feelings to coronavirus for <laughs> taking our taking our chance our chances to uh, to race, but because um, we because we put in some serious work. You mentioned winter training. <clears throat> um, I remember being there. I think it was in January uh, for the Eddie Reese invite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah I Okay. And, uh, and I, and I heard all these rumblings about what you guys did on new year's Eve. And I remember there were some pretty crazy sets thrown out. I think Ryan Hardy did like 30 or 40, 100s kick on one fifteen, one ten, one fifteen. Uh, it's probably one fifteen. I don't know. I mean, either way, one ten, one fifteen is crazy. Yeah, it's yeah, like forty. S- it, and, we, and we had to stop him because Eddie was scared. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, and that, so, I mean, we were all kind of scared. We're like, oh god, what's he gonna do to himself? Ah. <laughs> um, oh yeah, incre- crazy, crazy, incredible things. Like our distance guys did fifty one hundreds um, on a minute, mm-hmm. which is just is really impressive. Even Will Lacone, he wanted to obviously he's post-grad and a pro but he wanted to see what he can do with the distance guys and he's a breaststroker and i am or he did 3100s on a minute which really really <laughs> impressive yeah. uh, the thing that i will never forget is um sam Pomajevic, uh <laughs> doing our, our, like so like an eddie reese classic is doing 2050s fly um on 35 short course mm-hmm. and i have never personally achieved it unfortunately i've only gotten <laughs> 18 which is painfully close just, oh man i just yeah, i don't know i don't know why i can't do it like everybody's like come on but whatever um <laughs> but so he was going to go for 40 and so he was holding 28 the whole time he hit 40 and then kept going we're like oh he'll stop at 50 he kept going oh he'll stop at 60 he kept going he did the only reason he stopped again was because eddie forced him to stop and he he was mad too he, he did not want to stop at all and um, sorry, Blair's a uh, he did not want to stop at all. And he stopped at, I think, 68, which was just, I mean, 68, 50s fly is just, <laughs> but it was like something we were like, this is going to go down in some, uh, some Texas lore to, to tell people for years, um, the, all the stuff that went down that day, but pretty, pretty cool. It was pretty cool. No kidding. Yeah. So, uh, so what did you do that day? I did the 2850s and <laughs> oh, and you got 18. Okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Sorry. Okay, no, no, no. That's that's I I would just just wanted to confirm. Yeah. Um, maybe this year. <laughs> maybe there's always Al- this Alex Edel's trying to get me to do the 5100s. So, you know, maybe I'll <laughs> give that a go. Wait, so which which do you think you have a better chance of making the 5100s on a minute or the 2050s fly on 35? 
5100s on a minute for sure i have a better chance of making because like i mean i just the 2050s fly it's gotten personal and i'm just frustrated because <laughs> <laughs> like mm-hmm. i just like have this like just fear that i'm gonna like go my four years and never make it and like i'm gonna have to i'll live with that forever so i'm gonna have to do it again. <laughs> but then, then maybe after that i'll try the 50, the 5100s gotcha <clears throat> i'll live with that forever um all right, so so to wrap wrap wrapping this conversation up, moving forward, um, you know, I mean, what are you looking forward to about getting back on campus, about training again with with Texas, and and you know, have you have you thought about just kind of what moving forward might look like and what you might want it to look like? Yeah, um, I've thought about it like since I left uh, for sure. Um, it's been cool because we've been like the team and I and everybody's been has been. Like keep you in touch and we'd like hear about like things that are ha- like my, one of my favorite things to hear from my teammates is what our incoming freshmen are doing um i hear they're doing some like really impressive stuff i hear like it's it's exciting but um looking forward i mean i'm just excited to to be refreshed and, and like i said at the beginning of the conversation like you don't know what you have till it's gone like i of course i i knew what i had but like i just feel like everybody's gonna have a little bit more of a newfound appreciation for um, our team and what it's like to just put your body on the line and train with everything you have day after day after day. And um, so, I mean, I'm just looking forward to, yeah, I guess appreciating it more and more than ever and pushing myself to limits I never thought I could go to. And um, like, I mean, that's pretty much it. Like just, I guess a new perspective. And I think, and I think everybody's going to share that and it's just really exciting. Awesome. Well, Drew, thank you so much for taking the time on this Sunday to sit down and talk with me and hopefully we'll get to, yeah, hopefully we'll get to philosophize on a pool deck (laughs) in the near future. Hopefully it'll be awesome. You've been listening to the swim swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take swim swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.